Chapter 3 Bullies is that the media's perception? And I won't limit it to the media, but do you think that's the perception of people who live outside of North College Hill, that the city is crime-infested? I think that is the perception. Um, a lot of people here are very pro-North College Hill, and um, even though they see a lot of that stuff, I mean, they're more optimistic, and we take care of our property, but there's a lot of people that have come in that well, I don't know if they've come in or where they've come from or if they've been here all their lives, but um, it just doesn't seem like there's as much pride. Linda Stagman has lived in North College Hill most of her life. From what I was told, uh, 38% of North College Hill's rental. So um, I would say to me, the standards of the bar has been lowered. Um, the The standards aren't here like we had in the old days. and. Oh, when you say standards, standards for what? Um, well, we have, I don't know that I noticed it years ago, but um, now there's a lot of litter on the streets and the houses seem more run down, I guess, in that respect. And then just courtesies and people throw trash out their windows when they're driving down the street. Or you do see, like the one day I was painting outside and... I'm pretty sure I saw a drug deal go down right in front of me because a car pulled up and another guy got out of the car and got in the first car and then they got back in the second car. So you didn't see that or I didn't notice it when I was a kid. For the past two years, Stagman served as the clerk of the city council. It followed many years of involvement with Change North College Hill and its sister organization, Serve North College Hill. Change ran candidates and got people elected. Serve was around to volunteer in the community, to pick up litter, to help out the senior center, and to mine candidates for Change NCH. Many years ago, in the late 90s, Linda Stagman was a Republican council member under Mayor Dan Brooks. What was your impression of him? Well... I guess initially to me, he was just in the other party and and um, and I questioned all the decisions that he would make or what he did or he'd sort of, he and his wife walked around. He, they lived in our neighborhood where I grew up and um, they'd walk the neighborhood and I always called him like a king and queen. They thought that <laughs> they were the royalty or something, but as time progresses and I don't know if you're familiar with maybe the last or five years. I can't remember when that started, but they Like many conversations about Dan Brooks, the topic shifted to the city administrator's pay. There were some appointees who would defend, um, his name was Mark Fitzgerald, defending, you know, that nothing was wrong there, that that was an appropriate amount of money. But it wasn't presented as appropriate. It was presented as, you know, that he was taking his wife's salary and she was no longer employed. So that to me is fraud and lying and stealing and all the bad things that how I learned them growing up. Um, Linda, do you know that there is a book that exists about Dan Brooks? I know there's one that he supposedly wrote. I don't know that there's one about him that someone else wrote. Uh, Does the name Rick Dykeman uh, sound familiar? Yes. Okay, he's the one who wrote a biography of Dan Brooks, and mm-hmm. I guess it was published in 2016. 
Okay, um, that sounds familiar. I thought it was something Dan wrote. Do you recall there being a flyer posted in the city center about that book a year or two ago? I do. Okay. Do you remember taking it down? No. Okay. I remember complaining about it because I thought that was self-centered and that he was no longer mayor and it was presented as, I thought it was the one he wrote or that he had written that book and I, and it was for a profit and I didn't think that it should be hanging there. I didn't think that was ethical. Okay. Do you remember to whom you complained? To the city administrator and, um, Probably everybody I knew and served that that should not be hanging there. Do you feel any differently knowing that he did not write the book? No, I don't think that anybody should sell something for profit using the space that we had, especially there was limited for the things that we were trying to hang and that needed to be hung for for public notice. And I didn't believe that that should be there. Okay. So if it was a nonprofit exercise, say the author was giving a talk about the book in a room without selling it, that would have been a different scenario for you? (laughs) I don't know that it would have been. It would have still been improper. I don't know. It depends on what he was talking about or I don't know. No, I, I still would have disagreed, I guess. Because the subject matter was Dan Brooks? Probably. And I found him to be a very unethical person and and not an upstanding community person, so. Um, I want to read you something that you posted on the Anything or Everything About NCH Facebook group, and this was from two years ago. You said, the last mayor, referring to Amy Bancroft, had no backbone. She sat there, pretty, and got paid as she was told. She did have good ideas, but she wasn't a decision maker. She didn't seem to know right from wrong. She didn't have the backbone to stand up for what is right. Do you still feel that way about Amy Bancroft? I don't know her anymore. She moved away. I. She did seem like she was appointed and that she was just filling the spot and assumably she was getting paid, but yeah. I I don't know her any differently. I've not seen her since then. Okay. When you say she didn't have the backbone to stand up for what is right, what would you have liked to see her do? Well, she was backing um, Fitzgerald. I can't remember the situations, but she wasn't standing up. She was just an appointment that they had, and she didn't... I guess she was on their, you know... She did what, maybe she did what she felt was right, but I figured she didn't have, you know, the backbone or gumption or anything to say what was right. And for you, what was the right thing? To to not pay Mark Fitzgerald a salary, to fire him outright? Yeah, those things. Okay. There is something crucial about North College Hill that you need to understand from this point onward. Change NCH began in opposition to Dan Brooks. But during his last years as mayor, Change did not just disagree with Dan Brooks and Mark Fitzgerald over policy. 
they were not simply skeptical of Dan Brooks and Mark Fitzgerald. They thought they were criminals. If you believe that the people in City Hall are quite literally stealing money from taxpayers for themselves, that breeds distrust, and it's only natural to want to stop it by any means possible. It took me a long time to realize how truly foundational this belief of theft is to North College Hill politics. But everything that happened, the name-calling, the harassment, the lawsuit, began from the point of view of victims of people who felt wronged. That feeling was, in my opinion, valid. The problem is, when this group tried to take out their target, the collateral damage was significant. This is Tear It Down. few more just details about things at the city center, kind of how they're going, um, how things are going on right now. Amy Bancroft was 33 years old when she was elected to the city council in 2011. She received the most votes of any council candidate that year. Although she ran with the Democrats, Bancroft was not part of the close-knit social group of Dan Brooks and the older Democrats. She ran for the reason most people run for office to do something. Amy was working at uh, Colerain Township, which was a, a, a neighboring neighborhood, as a zoning planner. Uh, she got really frustrated there because people were making bad decisions and she felt kind of powerless in her position. Colin Thornton is Amy Bancroft's husband. He was involved in the community theater program at the city center and was a volunteer in the schools while she was mayor. When the Democratic Club wanted to recruit her for the election, Thornton said, that sounds great. So I recommended that she run for city council uh, in North College Hill, and uh, she reluctantly said that she would. Do you remember what the campaign was like? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember it being fun. I kind of acted as her campaign manager. Uh, we we really uh, pushed hard, you know, going door to door. And uh, I think it was really weird to see her name on signs. Um, Amy's so introverted, not really the type of person who really likes attention. And uh, I remember her being very uncomfortable Uh, just at the idea of so much attention and having her picture on the campaign literature. You know, I'm a theater kind of guy, so I obviously am the opposite, definitely like attention. And I I think I uh, enjoyed it vicariously. But, you know, uh, probably I was the one with the better mindset to run for office, uh, uh, at least politically. And and, uh, she was the one who would do a better job at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was also the year that the mayor was up for re-election. So how much of him did you see during the campaign? Mayor Brooks, uh, you know, it was really kind of exciting uh, to uh, just think, oh, we're meeting at the mayor's house tonight, you know, and we'd tell people that and just feel how weird it is to, like, 
know the mayor and be talking with the mayor. You know, the idea of her being mayor was not even close to on our mind. I still sometimes hear the phrase, but our mayor's a man, and so I feel the need to give you an introduction. I'm not one for formality, so here are photos of my family. Bancroft my recorded a State of the City father. video in 2014. It was clever and cheesy, with her standing in front of a green screen while scenes from the city panned and zoomed across the frame. Now this If Not Who campaign, these postcards I paid for out of my own pocket. This is truly something that's so important to me. I think if we get people to volunteer, we build that sense of community. There was no teleprompter, just her holding a slideshow clicker and glancing downward at her notes while describing her accomplishments so far. I'm excited to talk about the North College Hill City Center. In the last year, it's made a complete 180, um, and it's very exciting. At the start of last year, I encouraged the nonprofit who runs the building, the Pro Foundation, to change their on-site management. Um, this was done, and that's when great things really began to happen. When Dan Brooks resigned as mayor in 2013, he wanted Bancroft to succeed him. He was going to recommend her, and the you know the committee didn't have any reason you know not to choose somebody that he uh, recommended. How did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I was really encouraging her to do it. And uh, the idea of her being mayor, I thought, was uh, um, a lot of fun and also really unbelievable. So I was all for it. Okay. If she could go back in time, she would uh, definitely refuse. <laughs> How are things different then for you guys once she became the mayor? Once she became the mayor, uh, the other thing that's important to know is that the minority party that uh, had not had power suddenly got power on city council. That changed things quite a bit. Because the two years before that, you know, votes were really easy. You know, the minority party would vote against it, but they uh, change NCH uh, would vote against uh, things. But, it, you know, it didn't really matter. So just things got done. But the, the minute that they change NCH got into power, there was this kind of bloodlust of like, oh, now we can do something. And uh all guns were pointed towards the administration. Uh, we thought like things would lighten up um, once campaigning season was over, but then they got in and it, it was as if the campaign never stopped. You know, I don't know. I don't know, I didn't really have any like strong reactions. I just felt embarrassed and uh, for the city. Um, a lot of times they'd bring in special guests or, you know, people to come and speak about like a project that might need to happen. And uh, and then those people would would walk away, you know, thinking less of our city. So, OK. 
And from what you heard during that campaign or from what you know about them since, what did they want to do? I mean, what was their goal if they were to, you know, win office? Well, that is uh, part of the thing um, is nobody knew what exactly do you want because uh, they won. They had the power and... uh, I mean, for the first year, they spent the entire time arguing, um, you know, being difficult and and not passing laws is what it seemed to me. And uh, that is uh, something that I would bring up to them is uh, what have you done? You know, I know that they said a lot of things about um, the high crime, um, the switch of the um, school and the government uh, building and they talked a lot about transparency and communication I know like the big thing that they wanted was uh, public access cameras in the city council room Um, so I would say that that was their uh, one accomplishment and that was very important to them well, it's important to me, too, now, eight years later or whatever. So <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> In September, I emailed Amy Bancroft asking her to tell me about her experience. She replied back, saying, I do appreciate your interest in North College Hill. It is fascinating, mind-boggling, and just plain sad. She added, I try not to think on it much, as the latter part was miserable. Then she went silent. Um, I want to say that my my wife and daughter are about to come in, so I might be interrupted here. (laughs) Okay, that's Uh, fine. I need to let them know. Hey, I'm on an interview, just so you guys know. Okay. Um, Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) Amy's going to come over here and correct me now that I'm (laughs) talking about it. That's not how it happened. Hi, this is Amy. Four months after that email, Amy Bancroft agreed to talk. When Dan Brooks asked if you would be mayor, were you an immediate yes or an immediate no? Um, not immediately, yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I definitely remember thinking on it. And I mean, at some point, yeah, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of time between it all. Um, I mean, I think at some point I thought, you know, think of all I can do. Right. And I knew there were things that, you know, things had been, um, I don't know, there, it needs some shakeup. Right. And I knew that. And I was like, oh, I can do this. And, you know, this might be good. I can help build some relationships and think of all I can do. Do you know if the committee was considering anyone else for mayor? Um, I mean, Maureen Mason was someone else under consideration. Okay. Did they not pick her because she lost re-election, do you think? Oh, um, no, I mean, I don't think that was really why. I think, honestly, a big part of it was with the changes um, to the makeup of council that were coming. You know, I I was at least someone not, 
I, I, at least, you know, I think we all thought I wasn't carrying the baggage that other people were. Apparently, I was carrying it, and I didn't even know. Mark Fitzgerald and I were on the same page about some things that needed to be fixed. Um, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I thought things were going to get done. And, um, gosh, maybe in the, by February, like, you knew it was going to be an uphill battle. So, I mean, the sticking point was that they wanted Mark Fitzgerald fired. And here I was, right? I've never been mayor before. <laughs> and so the first thing I wasn't going to do was get rid of the city administrator, you know? Like, you know, you don't want be without a city administrator and have a new mayor and want to get things done. Like, it just made no logical sense to me. Um, How did the trouble start? Oh, gosh. What did it start out as? I mean, I think, I mean, the main thing was his contract or lack thereof or whatever. They did not like how much he was being paid. Um, again, I could understand they may not have liked it, but compared to what other city administrators make that have experience, it was not a crazy salary. So I think they always questioned that general contract that had them both on it. Yes. And the contract was the letter from Dan Brooks to the council outlining that the salaries would be combined. Please appropriate the money. Well, right. That's the issue, right? Even though council voted on the actual, you know, legislation to make the salaries, the fact that people weren't happy, there wasn't actually a signed piece of paper that said that, which is so interesting because then I made sure that anyone we hired started having a contract and that was signed, right? And anyways, that came back to bite me. But, um, but yeah, I, I did not share their level of problem with the whole issue revolving around him and that created an issue um, that was always the underlying issue of everything. When Bancroft refers to contracts coming to bite her, she's talking about finance director Shannon Holmer and how the council cut her salary right as the administration was hiring her. Yet public records show that the city administrator and the mayor executed a contract with the finance manager for an amount that is $7,000 greater than the amount appropriated for that position. I was just wondering, Mr. Fitzgerald, were you aware that the contract exceeded the amount appropriated by council? You're entitled to uh, participate in this meeting, but I am not and I am not obligated to respond to you. Okay, okay I appreciate I appreciate that no answer. Mayor Bancroft, were you aware that the contract exceeded the amount appropriated? I've had communication with council and I think this is just out of hand. It's just a simple question. I, I think this has gotten out of hand, and it looks really poorly to our Okay, since, since the charter states that the city administrator shall execute... This is how it went from Bancroft's point of view. Well, if you remember, 
Mark Fitzgerald and Shannon Holmer, I guess, were the parties who settled on a salary of $57,000 for her. But at some point, the council lowered it to $50,000. When did you find out about that? Yeah, no, I was involved in all that. Um, so when we first were talking to her about the position and what, you know, and making an offer that we thought was a reasonable amount to, to be paid for that and very important role in the city, um, extremely important. That was the value decided upon. So at the same time, um, council has the 2015 budget in front of them and it still had the amount for the former finance director on it offhand. You might even know what it is. I I can't remember. It was, it was over $57,000. So we get to the third reading of that ordinance and council asked us the question, how much we were going to pay Ms. Homer. Now, um, I do not feel it's a place at a public meeting to discuss an employee or an employee's pay to that, spe- you know, specificity. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, it's in the ordinance, right? I mean, in forthcoming ordinances, right? And so it is public record. But to discuss an employee at a public meeting like that, to me, isn't right. So they asked how much we were going to pay her. And the answer that we gave was that it's well within the amount that's appropriated. Um, Was that your wording, that it's well within the amount, or did you tell them the exact amount? It it was very close. We did not, I didn't, no, no, neither Mr. Fitzgerald or I said the exact amount. Okay. And um, Do you think that made them suspicious? Like, huh, why are they not telling us the amount that we just asked for? Do do you think that made them paranoid? Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, so here's the thing. They could have asked that question before the meeting. Um, I, I think it's a really odd question to ask at a meeting um, personally, if it's something that's weighing on their mind to the extent that they then decide to make cuts to, oh, I think it was two or three different areas. And one of them was that line item. And I just remember sitting there and they cut it down to 50,000 and I was like no <laughs> no don't do this right like why and um yeah and then they voted and it approved and um I was all about getting everybody contracts right because they want contracts I want people to have contracts you know it, it protects the employee as well um it goes both ways um, so, but I, by gosh darn it, was going to make sure that Miss Homer had a contract. So we proceeded um, with the amount we had originally agreed upon with the crazy idea that we could come back and say, you know, hey, council, we need an extra $7,500 here. Um, Please give it to us, right? Um, 
again, still obviously hadn't learned our lesson that they wouldn't do that. And I, I, I was just dumbfounded. Did you ever feel uneasy about the two-for-one salary arrangement with Mark Fitzgerald and his wife? I think if the whole amount of money had been truly a crazy sum of money, um, perhaps so. Um, As it was, there were so many other things to be concerned about, truly concerned about with that city (laughs) that, no, I I just, no. On Facebook, there is a group called Anything or Everything about NCH. Today, it's a place where people post events, download the police blotter, or ask questions about something they notice in the community. During Amy Bancroft's time as mayor, the Facebook group became a cesspool of negativity and accusations aimed at Bancroft and the city administrator. They are all accessories to this crime, wrote one person. This is why NCH will never clean up. You all have grown adults trashing each other, wrote another. Seriously? This needs to stop. It's been going on for years. Please stop acting like children. At one point, Jim O'Shea, the husband of council member Shauna O'Shea, posted a video he shot himself. I was told that for upwards of a year, O'Shea would bring his GoPro camera to meetings. This particular video shows Amy Bancroft sitting off to the side in her mayor's seat. She's not the one talking, which makes the footage of her seem voyeuristic. While a council member is making a point about something, Mayor Bancroft glances to one of the people in the audience and quickly does a gun-to-the-head gesture to convey her aggravation. The commenters on the Facebook group labeled it disrespectful, which it was. On the other hand, it's not exactly the height of grace to point a camera at someone in a year's worth of meetings just to capture one gotcha moment. By far, the most vocal commenter was a man named Bill Campbell. He appeared to be in his 40s or 50s and bald. He identified himself as a nurse. It would be more appropriate to call him something else, a cyberbully. Amy, our mayor, has stood by Mark Fitzgerald's side and watched him verbally assault two citizens, give preference and a job to his friend at the cost of taxpayer money, deliberately put the city of Loveland first, try and get state pensions he's not entitled to, and fraud with taxpayer money, Campbell wrote. I understand that Amy didn't fire Fitzgerald because she was appointed to be his puppet. Part of me feels sorry for Amy. In the grand scheme of things, she was set up from the beginning. She never had a chance considering Brooks and Fitzgerald was using her as a pawn. And to a former council member, he wrote, Maybe your dumb ass can learn how to look things up. Some of Campbell's statements sounded highly dubious. He claimed that over 100 people messaged him in a week asking for information. He claimed there was a possible court hearing to remove Amy Bancroft as mayor. He claimed there were emails from Dan Brooks calling Bancroft a puppet. 
He claimed he personally talked with the elected auditor for the entire state of Ohio, and the auditor told him that North College Hill could be dissolved. He repeatedly called into question the work Mark Fitzgerald was doing as city administrator, saying Fitzgerald was the full-time vice mayor of the city of Loveland. The vice mayor part was true, but like North College Hill, Loveland council members are not full-time. Then there was his outright harassment. He said that Mark Fitzgerald must be bribing Amy Bancroft or having an affair with her. He told women who disagreed with him that they must be sleeping with someone who had a differing opinion. When Amy Bancroft and Colin Thornton moved out of the city, he sent Thornton a message with the family's new address, as if to say, I know where you live. And about the city's law director, Campbell wrote, He's an idiot too. I'll pay him to walk on my property. Many people I spoke with had heard of Campbell. Virtually none of them had ever seen him in person. No one believed he lived in North College Hill. That was probably the most galling aspect. He hammered Mark Fitzgerald for living elsewhere. He was so strident and claimed to have so much inside information, even calling Amy Bancroft our mayor. And he didn't even live there. But on all but his most despicable of posts, the people who viewed the administration as criminal accepted what he wrote, and even praised it. I would believe you before any of the crooked politicians, posted one person. Nice job, Bill, being persistent and exposing the wrongdoings, wrote someone else. What wasn't obvious was that he was a friend of Renee Stiles, one of the Change NCH council members. Some people speculated to me that Stiles was feeding him information. Stiles declined to talk to me, and Campbell never responded to a Facebook inquiry. In October 2015, Renee Stiles wrote in the Facebook group, I've served on city council for the last six years and watched the corruption progressively deepen, but have not been so silent about it. I asked the mayor to dismiss the city administrator after he has repeatedly been rude and disrespectful to citizens and council members, and she said she would take it into consideration. That was 1.5 years ago, and he's still here. When is it enough? Shortly afterward came a reply from Linda Stagman, the Republican former council member and a change NCH ally. Renee Stiles is one of the most intelligent, well-spoken people who I know. I believe in her. She knows the difference between right and wrong, and she stands up for what is right. Thank God for Renee, and for those who also not only know the difference between right and wrong, but who do something about it. Thanks, Renee. Two months later, Um, in one of the last council meetings of the year, Renee Stiles um, said, I would like to make a motion to appoint Ms. Linda Stagman to be the Clerk of Council effective January 1, 2016. I understand you, you've brought up that, you know, do you understand that they felt, you know, that they thought it was an ethical wrong? or I think that might have been the wording you used. Um, I can see why they thought that. I just feel like they've, they felt this, there was this greater evil or something. And I, I'm really not sure. It, it was, 
And I think that's what was hard to wrap my head around because I did have a different experience and perspective of, of it. And, um, I didn't understand the level of viciousness, I think, that was being used towards their purpose, you know, you know, whatever their reasoning was. It seemed a bit much. When you call it viciousness, is that the gradual erosion of you and Mark and the hopes that you would leave? Was it just the nature of a lawsuit being filed? Or was it the actual words that they would use to describe how they saw your conduct? Um, Maybe a little bit of both. Um, I don't know. And I think what gets missed here is the effect on the morale of I think a lot of city employees in the whole midst of this um, that were watching this go on. Um, I liken it to bullying. I mean, I really think it was an adult version of bullying. Um, it was asking the same question over and over and over um, from different people um, amongst themselves, right? So it would all be changed in CH, but they'd all be asking the same question, maybe a slightly different way. Um, trying to get, you know, thinking I'd flip up and give two different answers. Like, I I don't even know what they were looking for. Um, But it was stuff like that. It was just kind of um, a little relentless. And then, I mean, Facebook groups I didn't even know existed, like to find out that I'm being discussed there. Um, And I've always been somebody who's, um, I don't know, I'm a really nice person. Um, I consider myself honest, (laughs) forthright. (laughs) Um, So to have people start considering and twisting what I say and um, imagining that everything I did had some ulterior motive. Um, I think one of their favorite things was to say that we were playing a game. And I was like, I'm not playing a game. <laughs> what game is this? Make it stop. Um, and you could see them kind of like moving pawns around, right? Um, amongst themselves, like setting me up and stuff um, and meetings, setting us up to like look as bad as possible. And the unfortunate effect of that is not only, you know, I didn't like it, right? <laughs> but it made the city look bad. And here, this was a city still struggling economically. And really, the last thing you want to present is this dysfunctional council and city management. And, and it didn't have to be that way. I think that, that I didn't get. But um, it was just kind of a, it was just a constant What's it going to be today? And then if they had just picked up a phone and called and asked us, right, we'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll look that up. Or, But it wasn't. It was all about putting us on the spot. Um, and you know, for what reason? I, I really don't know. I don't know how it was just really supposed to help the city. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, in other city councils I've seen, there have been instances where 
you have audience members get up, they hammer on particular right. council members for something, conduct, a, an issue they're considering, and you know they might praise the council member who's on their side, right. and it generally ends at that meeting. I mean, right. you get the gadflies who come in every week and they're pissed off about something. So, I mean, in what way was what you were seeing different than the situation I just described, where, yeah, you do have coalitions in the community mm-hmm. and you expect them to show up and be vocal? I, right. Right. And um, for it to be right, you know, I, I totally... I agree with what you're saying. Um, they come up, usually it's a particular issue or problem they're having, or, or like you said, um, I think with this, it was the same handful of inv- individuals um, focused on the same thing. And when you have a large portion of those people involved in a lawsuit um, and it's all just, it, it's, yeah, it, it it was just really bizarre. It I, I'm really bad at explaining it, which is I think part of why, you know, it, it had an effect on me that I wish it hadn't. But um, yeah, usually you know usually people speak their piece and you help them resolve an issue and you move on. But this wasn't it wasn't resolving anything. It was truly just getting up to make people look bad or make the city look bad, (laughs) despite a lot of work trying to make the city better. So, um, yeah, it's it's just really hard for me to explain. Was the point of the questioning to wear down you and Mark Fitzgerald to where you might resign? (laughs) That's what it felt like, right? Um, and I definitely got to that point. Um, I don't really know if that's the reason. I, I, if I, if I could figure out why they were doing it, then I think I could have made it stop. But um, yeah, so um, I, I don't really know. I think some of them got some enjoyment out of it. Um, but my underlying thing is like. I like they don't they can't possibly really care about this community. Like they care about um winning I think a couple issues, right? Um getting rid of Mark. That was that was the big thing. <laughs> and um I really don't know other than I think they're enjoying themselves and I I feel sad for them. I really did. And so many nights I'd like be thinking is it me? And I try, I'm sorry. And I try and imagine like their perspectives. I really would. I would try really hard (laughs) because I started feeling like I was crazy. And, um, you know, and then I was like, no, (laughs) no, it just makes no sense. (laughs) And, you know, but there was a lot of that. I tried really hard to see what perspective they were coming from. And I never came up with anything that really made any sense. (laughs) So, sorry. Amy Bancroft announced her resignation on September 21st, 2015. Council member Ron Mosby appeared surprised. I'd like to wish you the best. 
whatever you and your family are doing to move forward. So thank you for certainly your public service, and I wish you well. Councilmember Maureen Mason was sympathetic. I'm very sorry to see you you go. You brought a lot of energy and ideas and enthusiasm. But for the Change North College Hill council members and their allies, the mayor's resignation barely registered with them. Um, I had a question, and actually a couple of them. Sure. Um, coming from somebody that eventually will be having a hard time walking across the parking lot once it's under construction. Are we going to do that in parts, like one side first? And mayor, then I'd, since Mr. Fitzgerald's not here, do you have any idea? Um, I know he was going to get a report from ODOT, the questions that we had. Um, do you have any idea if uh, that I just wanted to clarify, uh, Mayor, the effective date of your resignation? It'll be tonight at midnight. How did you feel about Dan Brooks leaving you in the position that he did? I mean, it kind of, it, it, it was what it was. Um, I don't think I really had any opinion of him making that decision. I think it was the right, you know, decision for him, which is a lot of what it comes down to eventually after you've given a lot of time to a public service like that, you know, eventually (laughs) you have to consider yourself. Yeah. Do you get the impression that he saw all the problems you would have to deal with? No, I don't think so. Within a few months, the city administrator would also be gone. The finance director would too, as would the money the city spent training her for her one year in the job. And at the last regular meeting of the year, right after the council failed to pass an ordinance that would let the city collect income tax, be advised that effective midnight, Tuesday, December 21st, 2015, Ms. Kathy Riga is resigning her elected position as president of North College Hill City Council. The Democratic Council president, Kathy Riga, resigned. Bancroft and her family moved out of the city shortly afterward. The Cincinnati Inquirer ran a story titled, Did Toxic Environment Lead to North College Hill Mayor's Resignation? Bancroft was quoted as saying the council was responsible. Change NCH council members said that Bancroft was responsible. And until today, the media left it at that. I understand why she felt she shouldn't fire the city administrator. After all, what if she did tell him to clean out his desk? Who would be there to run the city the next morning? The answer is, no one. And I don't think change considered that. But there actually was a very good reason to fire him. As long as Mark Fitzgerald was there, the government could not trust itself. This was affecting the city's operations. It was affecting the city's image. And it was affecting the mayor. I mean, us leaving was basically a big middle finger to NCH to say, you know, we did our best, but... uh, We felt like crap at the end of it. In another city, Amy Bancroft would have been a good mayor. She might have even been a great mayor. But in North College Hill, she was simply collateral damage. Knowing what you do about change NCH, 
and the environment that was the context of that resignation of Dan Brooks. Do you think that Amy Bancroft was the right person to take over? Um, Honestly, uh, Maureen Mason was the right person to take over, and that's why she was successfully elected after Amy stepped down. I've been there to communicate with you, so don't accuse me of a lack of communication on my part. I've been here. Maureen Mason is a really strong personality. She doesn't take crap from anyone. And, uh, you know, in that way, she was uh, very much the opposite of Amy. Now, are we going to go on for another 10 minutes because you're upset because I said we had a meeting and you didn't come? Yes. To see her become mayor and uh, and also know that that Change NCH really despised her, I think, uh, made us happy. Maureen Mason had been involved in Democratic campaigns since 1968, knocking on doors, making phone calls, working the polls. If Amy Bancroft erred on the side of staying quiet, Mason erred on the side of punching back. The secretary at St. Margaret Mary Church, she had been on the North College Hill City Council for 23 years when Bancroft resigned. Now, 66 years old and running for mayor against Change NCH's Pat Hartzell, Mason was appointed mayor and was suddenly the incumbent one month before the election. This bothered Change NCH. Nick Link, the group's co-founder, argued her appointment did not follow the law. It certainly appeared to give her an unfair advantage. Three change council members attempted to call a special meeting, alleging that the city council, and not a democratic committee, should appoint the interim mayor. The meeting never ended up happening, and Mason won the election. What is the number that has been put into the line for city administrator? We have zero dollars for that right now. In the final weeks of 2015, Maureen Mason was looking for a new city administrator to replace Mark Fitzgerald. I think it wasn't until I was appointed in October of 2015 uh, that I was told that it was going to be at the end of that year that he had planned on retiring. Okay. Did he tell you that in person? And- at some point, yes, I think I did hear it from him, yeah. How did you communicate to the council that you would need a new city administrator? Um, I don't remember. In December, Mason learned that the council had changed the 2016 budget. The salary for the next administrator would not be $125,000. It would not be $84,000. It would be zero. And how do you expect to have a city administrator? How, uh, you know, you have tied my hands. If there is no money there for a city administrator, then I have no alternative. Um, So I guess Mr. Fitzgerald stays with us because his salary has already been set. Would you have considered keeping Mark Fitzgerald on as city administrator if he hadn't retired? It's possible. He had, he had skills. He had talent. He, I had no problem with working with Mark Fitzgerald. Um, 
I don't know, as far as he was the lightning rod and possibly would have made things totally impossible to to work with the majority uh, that was then on council. Um, so there's only so much of hitting my head against the brick wall that I want to do <laughs> that probably had reached the point where to have council be that hostile would not have been good for the city. When Maureen Mason suggested in that council meeting that Mark Fitzgerald would just have to stay as city administrator if council refused to pay for a new one, it doesn't appear that she was serious. Nor does it appear that Fitzgerald was remotely interested in being a punching bag for the council one day longer than he had to. But suddenly, the council, which apparently had not seen any letter of resignation, seized on the idea that funding a new city administrator was not an actual emergency. We don't know if there's an opening or if there's not an opening. So therefore, if there's not a resignation, then it's true then the salary, because we can't lower it, so the salary remains the same. But if there is an opening, then we can set the new salary and move on. But we as council can't set a budget, set a salary for a position that we don't know whether it's open or not. So to say that we aren't doing our job, or that's maybe not the right wording, is incorrect. Then, in one of the most surreal moments I have seen, Shauna O'Shea, who was suing the city and Mark Fitzgerald for his salary, suggested that he should remain the city administrator and keep getting paid that salary. Therefore, I think as a council, we need to take our time, and if it takes multiple meetings into the new year to make this decision and Mr. Fitzgerald staying longer than so be it. In North College Hill, the charter gives the mayor the power to hire a city administrator. Council, of course, sets the pay. If the council zeroed out Fitzgerald's salary because they disagreed with it, that would have made a statement and not much else. But zeroing out a salary to prevent the new mayor from hiring someone? In talking with other people with experience in local government, I asked if this was normal. The answer was, no, it wasn't normal. But it was most likely something else. A power play. With Change North College Hill assaulting Dan Brooks's badly miscalculated salary combination, with the group responsible for the resignation of one, perhaps two mayors, and with no one having any idea what they wanted to do other than fire the city administrator, I decided it was time to contact the person at the very top of the organization. Hello? Hi, Nick. It's Michael Karlick. You ready to do this? Next time. Please support Tear It Down by supporting our sponsor, Rhyming Regards. There aren't enough words to convey the thanks I am sending your way. With thoughtful expression, you made an impression that brilliantly brightened my day.
Rhyming Regards is the one-stop shop for all of your limerick needs. Have them create custom announcements, holiday cards, and drip marketing campaigns. Or choose from existing designs. That's RhymingRegards.com.